Hey there, I'm Rebecca Carter, and this is the first episode of Not Nosy, my new podcast where I have a nice long conversation with an artist that I know and admire. In this episode, I'm talking with Gareth Wilson, also known as Nodding Idiot, his words, not mine. He's someone that I've worked with on some comedy projects on Hit Record over the past few years, and as will be the case with a lot of guests here on Not Nosy, I've never met Gareth in person, but I do feel like I know him quite well, and I probably chat with him more frequently than a lot of the people I know in real life. Gareth is a naturally funny guy, and it was just so much fun to hang out with him in this interview. He had me laughing throughout to the point that I got really self-conscious about the sound of my laugh. (laughs) So before we get started, I do want to just mention a couple of things. I asked Gareth to be one of my first interviews because I'm very comfortable with him, and I needed some test subjects to help me get started with this podcast. He was my very first interview, and through the process of recording this, I realized that I wanted to make some changes to the format that I originally had in mind. So you'll hear us talk quite a bit about Hit Record at the top and bottom of this episode, and future episodes will probably not be so Hit Record heavy. I thought about cutting out some of it or rearranging it, but I felt like I'd be messing with the actual conversation and the flow. Uh, that actually happened, so I left it in. If you're not familiar with Hit Record, uh, which is how I know Gareth and many of the other artists that we'll hear from on Not Nosy, it's an online collaborative production company that was started several years ago by the actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Hit Record has produced television show, published books, created some amazing original music, released lots of short films. It's a super cool place, and if you aren't familiar with it, you might want to check it out at hitrecord.org. With that being said, I don't think previous knowledge of Hit Record is necessary to enjoy this episode, uh, so I hope you'll dig in anyway. One more disclaimer, the sound quality on this episode is not as good as I'd hoped, but I think you'll find it definitely acceptable. I'm learning a lot about the technical side of podcasting and more details about audio than I think I ever wanted to know. The quality of the audio will hopefully only continue to improve as time goes on. Anyway, Gareth is just so much fun. He has the most random stories. He did at least three kind of character voices. I hope you can kind of find them throughout the interview. And I just had a blast talking to him. He's definitely the kind of guy you'd like to have at a party, and I can only hope that one day I get the chance to meet him in the flesh. So I think that's quite enough preamble. So away we go. going through and I was trying to figure out how we first started to get to know each other on Hit Record. Do you remember? Oh yeah, I do remember. Uh, the, I guess I joined in January 2016, the end of January, and that, at that time, shortly after, I was trying to look for comedy stuff and Wonder Boy had done this Glenn Conkler video. Dominique um, Oscar spoofs on Hit Record had, had put a challenge up for everybody to get involved in writing, uh, and you and I were both uh, quite you know into that idea and and we collaborated with with oscar spoofs through that didn't we and then yeah i had to go back through a lot of records to figure that out because i was like i just couldn't place the for some reason i just couldn't come to the glenn conkler thing on my own I, i i mean i eventually did find it but so glenn conkler was wonder boy wonder boy dressed up like the the long blonde wig and his deal was basically that he was the guy that came up with the percussion loops for the cast. Yeah, yeah. Those amazing beats that sound so realistic. Uh, and he's quite a good footage of him dancing to them. No clue what we're talking about? Here's a clip. My name is Glenn Conkler. I am a composer and I am the one responsible for all the percussion loops and instruments you'll find on your home Casio keyboard. So you think to yourself, well, gee, wouldn't it be nice if I had a button that I could press and the disco beat would just loop right there for me and I could play the melody over it. Well, there you go. There you have it. That's the genesis of the personal drummer on your keyboard. (laughs) Watch out for your jobs, drummers. 
<laughs> Once I had the idea, the inspiration floodgates just, just flew wide open. Rock one, rock two, waltz, jazz, swing, disco, samba. You name it, I wrote it. I mean, you can't draw any direct lines to it being the reason for a musical revolution, but come on. Yeah, we had a whole uh, thing mapped out, didn't we, about how he got to be famous and he was a sort of small town celebrity. And that was that was a cool time. Well, first of all, you joined during like the viral video. Joe had a video. Yeah, that that's viral. how I found out. Someone sent me that. And yeah. so many people. It, it was crazy because I had been on like maybe six months before that. And then just like everything changed. Like it was just so much activity on the site and... Oh yeah, I was just remembering, uh, I mean, the first day I joined, I, I put one record out. So this is how I sort of came to w Wonder Boys. I put a message on my record saying some sort of complimentary stuff. And then this flood of recommends came in, more than any record ever, uh, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but um, I just thought that was normal. I thought, oh great, uh, everybody loves me. What actually had happened is he featured it. I didn't know he. I didn't know there was a feature function on hit record, and and then um, all the other new people were looking at the homepage, and that was on the homepage. So naturally, you know, they got, it got a lot of uh, traffic. But um, I released record number two, and I was like, "What the hell? <laughs> What's going on? No one cares." <laughs> <laughs> There's only a handful of people who seem to have responded to this, and this is, in my opinion, better than the other thing but um yeah no I, I i found later that 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 was why but i think like everybody maybe i'd like a bit of a backlog of of work that i could upload sort of immediately i don't know about you did you do much sort of before you joined hit record no i when i was when i joined i was so i i'd be like watching tv i'd be watching something like um john oliver or something like that and yep. i'd say i feel like i could do something like this. Like, I want to learn how to write like this. I want to be able, you know, I really liked how it, he was doing like these deep dives into these topics, but there was a lot of humor in it. And I was like, God, I, I, I want to learn how to write, you know, maybe, maybe SNL type material or late night type material. But I literally like, unlike you, like I had no background in anything. Right. And, and I thought, well, I couldn't do it by myself. Maybe if I had a writing partner, but where am I going to find a writing partner? I mean, I don't know anyone around here yeah. that would do. So I just started searching and I think I found Hit Record probably a couple months prior to when I actually did join. And I just kind of couldn't tell what it was without creating a, a user. And I was yeah. like, eh. And then I, I eventually <laughs> came back to it because I had seen a video. I think I follow... I'm a fan of his and I don't even know his name. I think his name is Ben Schwartz and he was... Um, okay, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. He's, he's he, on tour with Thomas Middleditch. Yes. He was him. the guy from Silicon Valley. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm a fan of his, so I followed him and he posted, he was on Hit Record on TV and he posted one of the sketches he had done with Joe. And oh, so okay. I followed I it back to Hit Record and I finally joined. So that was, I guess, in, in July of 2015. So, and I didn't know how to do anything. I mean, I, did, I didn't know what I was doing. I would do all of the weekly challenges and just kind of try and, I was just wandering around, you know? And it was nothing, like, I didn't have any features. I didn't have any, you know, I'd, if I had four hearts, I would be like, over the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got spoiled. I got spoiled earlier that I, you know, I guess, to be honest, it's kind of a look, isn't it? You know, it could have been a, a day when uh, Wonder Boy happens to be around, you know, what's in the sketch comedy. And you never know really what, like things can happen from a ages later, things can happen, can't they? You see these projects where someone's got a record they did two years ago, and then suddenly they make it into a development slate project right. and maybe a show. I know it's a it's a funny it's a funny place how things can just kind of sit in summer and and then that that Glenn Conkler thing it's something you don't see too often anymore I think on Hit Record which is like he just put that up right so he created yeah. this little mockumentary he's a very creative guy he you know he invents these things in his head and he makes them and then he puts them up 
And then it was like, so there was no call for that, right? There was no, like, no one was like, make some. So he put it out there and it was just so awesome. And everyone just started making these. uh, Yeah, there was like like, people did a a complimentary character and then people started writing music. People made a spoof music video, started writing scripts. I mean, same as you, I was looking for, um, a way to get into writing. I ideally right. wanted to do sort of sitcoms and things like that. And I, I, I thought it'd be good to write with someone else because I don't really know what I'm doing. Right. Um, so, and then, you know, I guess that was great because we all got a lot of practice through trying to write this, this show. This, and I, I mean, I was, you know, quite naive at the time thinking, wow, this might be a, you know, <laughs> What happens? Just like the TV guys just go, yeah, yeah, we've read, we've read the script. Uh, I got the green light. I'm pressing the button now. Uh, and then I just, I assume that's what happens. It's quite easy, isn't it? It's quite a straightforward and easy process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was really cool, though. I mean, just, you know, it, it, eventually challenges and projects developed out of it. But at first, people just saw the video and just wanted to make their own character that went in this world. And I, I think it was just so, I don't know, I haven't seen that in a while. And it was just, it, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I did a couple of improv things. And I, but I really liked writing the scripts, you know, being part of a project team. So yeah, I, yeah. I still think that could be a good show <laughs> one day. So let's back up for a bit so so you're in london and did you grow up in london no uh, i'm from yorkshire uh, god's own country if you didn't know that yorkshire is uh, the, i think it's the center of the universe geographically yes yeah, so i <laughs> no, i i grew up in in halifax in in west yorkshire quite a industrial sort of town in a way but it's quite beautiful but if you're young it's not a lot going on. I thought, try moving to London for a year. So I, that was my plan to move to London for a year. How old, how old were you when you did that? Uh, 20. Okay. I'm now 41. So I'm probably not going back. Did you go to college? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, when you say college, um, do you mean university? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we call, we call a college, it's like school that ends when you're 16. And then you can go to a college. Like a technical. Further education you can do. Yeah, you can do lots of things. I started a university degree course, but then I got asked if I want to join a band, which was uh, <laughs> kind of, so I ditched, I ditched it and I joined a band and, uh, and then <laughs> I didn't become a rock star uh, or a, a minor, a, minor, a very minor rock star for, uh, in my head. So, so yeah. Okay, so we gotta back, we got to go through this. Okay, so so here we have uh, usually elementary school, which will go till maybe you're about ten. Then you go to middle school uh, for the middle three grades, you know, maybe eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. Then you got high school, four okay. years of high school. You usually graduate high school about eighteen years old, and then you go to college or university okay so usually that so full bachelor degree would usually be a four-year degree right like i studied marketing or something so or something (laughs) i studied actually marketing (laughs) one day i might i do remember it how's school different how's school different there how's your whole um well it's it's essentially better um but (laughs) It's it's hard, intangible ways really. We don't dilute the the the, the language. Um, no, we start off with uh, nursery, which is optional. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Three to five, and then reception, I think it is, and then it's year one, um, two, three. So up to year six, which mm-hmm. would would be about eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's your primary school, and yep. then typically you go to high school from eleven to sixteen. Although, okay. And then. You can leave then if you want, get a job or um, just, you know, just do vandalism or whatever it is you do if you leave school. Imagine. yeah. No qualifications. 16, yeah. yeah, if you're big into uh, theft, you can become a criminal. Um, so we let you leave school early. Um, you can actually leave when you're 15 and not do any qualifications if you want. But most people, you know, don't. And, and so then you can stay at school and do another two years 
which is another qualification. So, so your qualifications at 16 are called GCSEs, um, and then you do uh, A-levels at 18 or, or another. You can do loads of these all kinds of different courses, to be honest, different things. Um, and then you do a degree, which is usually three years, um, 18 to 21. Okay. All right. So you did part of that. Yeah, I did the first year. Uh-huh. Uh, I did. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and then, yeah, this sort of, I'd always wanted to play guitar uh, in a band, I guess. So when I got the option, I was in a band, but this other band had like an amazing singer and they just got this record thing, you know, it looked like it was going to be. You thought it was going to blow up, right? Yeah. 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 It should have done. It should have done really. To be honest, it's not my fault. It's the world uh, for not appreciating that music. What was the yeah. band called? Stone Deaf. You know, a bit of a pun on the word. To- it's a terrible name. To be honest, the whole time we are in the band, we kept thinking of changing the name. Um, but like like Tone Deaf. But we, mm-hmm. we, we were into getting stoned a lot. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you uh, partake in the uh, marijuana. Um, yeah, we were, we were big into that. There's a whole music scene called Stoner Rock. And, okay. Uh, it's actually based out of California primarily. Uh-huh. Uh, bands like uh, you know Queens of the Stone Age. No. The Queens of the Stone Age. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they used to be. You were not even going to know these either. Caius. They were the pioneers of this. It's basically taking the music of like Led Zeppelin and and putting more heavy sounds or fuzzy guitars and but but so playing amped up uh, blues rock. Yeah. Check out uh, maybe Fu Manchu. Good one to check out. And is that the kind of music you still like to listen to, or what are you listening to these days? Uh, I listen to all sorts, but yeah, I still listen to all that. They've all got great names, Monster Magnet. I, I used to be a, a metaler primarily when I was maybe like 13, 14. I got into uh, Metallica and I started right. really getting into all this like really heavy metal stuff. Then I got into Slayer and Megadeth, and there's so many different little sub genres within heavy metal so have you ever heard it where it sounds a bit like cookie monsters doing the vocals you oh, heard okay yeah they're just screaming <laughs> yeah so you've got death metal um i was never a massive fan of of the kind of stuff like that i was more into um things that had a you know more of a clear melody and real singing i kind of got into all that so so i that was my background i did like a lot of different types of heavy stuff but i also liked blues and soul and Motown what what did you used to like then growing up so it's funny because I was thinking because well we've you and I've been working on the this um podcast called podcast um for 1991 and we talk about kind of the birth of grunge and you're always kind of commenting how it's such horrible music but that like no I loved it no okay yeah yeah you know okay because you you were saying I don't know what you were saying maybe I can poke fun about it but you said something how it wasn't a time of very good music no it wasn't a time of good music in pop music I think oh maybe that's what it was no like right now if I tell my Alexa to play me music if like she usually puts on a 90s alternative for me because I think I've listened to so much of it at at this point that's that's the kind of thing yeah that's the kind of bands what so it'll be like, see, now you're going to put me on. I, I'm terrible at stuff like this. Foo Fighters, maybe Nirvana, maybe, oh gosh. I oh, don't know. Good. All those, uh, now I'm going to have to go back and look. But And I just listen to pop music. I mean, just, just whatever's on the pop radio. Mm. I'm very, very mainstream. Yeah, you, you made some comments before about, I assumed you like more mainstream stuff than Nirvana. You know, Nirvana gets quite weird at points. Well, I had, I remember, I had a boyfriend in high school who got me into the band Live. You know? Oh, yeah, I like that. Throwing Copper album. That's yeah. A good album. And yeah. I, would, I, I had, um, like, who sings Black Hole Sun? Who's Soundgarden. That? Chris Cornell. Soundgarden. Yeah. yeah. Pearl Jam, maybe. I still listen to Counting Crows, like my old, old oh, okay. album. Yeah. I used to love Dave Matthews. I would, I could listen to it. Oh, okay. I don't listen yeah. to that as much anymore. What, what happened to Dave Matthews? It was the Dave oh, Matthews Five, touring. wasn't it? And then he... Oh, no, he's still... Being tour, they tour every summer, and it's it's just our age. It's just the crowd yeah. aging with him. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that about uh, Sugar Ray. Do you remember Sugar Ray from oh, the 90s? Uh, yeah, see, yeah, that's they, They're on a tour time. with uh, Everclear and uh, some other bands from the 90s. Right. And it's just a big nostalgia trip. But yeah. instead of like pretending it isn't, he was saying, look, it's just a big nostalgia trip. Everyone who comes <laughs> is like 30-odd or 40-odd or whatever. And yeah. uh, 
he's fine about it. He's like, no, I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to keep playing these songs until, until I die. Wow. I felt a bit, a bit depressed about that. I thought you just, so everyone locks in their music when they're 16 right. or whatever. And then that's all you like right. until you die in like 40, you know, 80 odd year old person just asking for Nirvana. Who? Yeah. Nirvana. <laughs> Not the state, the bloody band. Yeah, that would be interesting. But I know, sure, I mean, to be honest, when you go to watch a band that you used to like and they play their new album and you just think, oh, just play the just songs play that I actually... I came here to hear. But, yeah, it's like you have to know it. It's almost like you'd have to study before. You'd have to get the new album. You'd have to listen to it a million yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just... it's really that you, you hear the song and you want to be brought back to, to those good old days, you know, those... Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, I I listen to new music and I do like some new music. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm quite open-minded, but I don't get that excited about it. And I guess it's probably just because I don't get that excited about anything that much anymore. You know, get a bit jaded. And I do feel like as I've gotten older, it's just like, eh, it's just (laughs) all I want is a little free time. Well, have you been out? Have you been out um, recently? So like I went to a, a pub and it was someone's birthday and they were saying, let's go to a club. And um, oh. the thing is you go to a club and it's all like modern music. And I, I just can't really, I can't even bring myself to pretend that I like it. If you know what I mean? The so only I, reason I ever went to clubs in the first place was because I was single anyway. Like there's no, there's nothing for me at a club. Like there's, <laughs> I can only handle one drink. I don't want to be around smoke. I don't want to be around drama. It's too loud. La- you know what I mean? It's too late. It's too loud. Oh, no. I didn't. <laughs> What's your idea of a good night then? Nowadays? Uh, so I almost rarely, I'm very rarely away from my children. Very rarely. God, you know, I'd really like to go play pool and play darts and like just have a beer or something. Like just like very chill, like some bar yeah. games. And what's your what's your night out? What do you? Uh, well, I you know I've got loads of kids. Uh, I thought I've got even more than you. Not that it makes me any better, but um, I've just got spares. <laughs> just, just twice as much. Twice as better. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, if we if we lose one, we've got we've still got some some kids. So I, like you, I don't go out a lot because I don't want to. We don't actually have a lot. Even if I did have the option, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't. But um, we don't really have a lot of people that uh, help out with babysitting. Right. Such like. So that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I love drinking. Um, drinking is my favourite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think just um, seeing a gig. I love to see live music, Um, live whatever, actually. I mean, comedy, I I watch stand-up quite a bit, I suppose. Maybe I go once a month or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can have some brilliant nights out. It just depends on the night. You can also have some appallingly bad nights out. I think I like, I like, um, I just like a spontaneous night out. I like to think that, you know, something could happen. Like, uh, actually, the other night I went to watch a guy called Andrew O'Neill, history of heavy metal he does this this comedy show about the history of heavy metal oh. um and, Sounds uh, and right up your alley. yeah he was uh recording it for a dvd and at that show there was yeah, it was all like packed sold out um but there was a singer of a band that i i used to love from um you know when i was a teenager uh well i still love him now uh, cathedral they're called uh do metal band and and I, I saw the guy i haven't you know ever met him a guy called lee dorian and then just uh went over and said like a proper fanboy are you lee, are you lee from cathedral and uh he said yeah yeah and then i thought i hadn't really planned out what i was going to say after that what was next uh, yeah i guess he thought i was going to ask him something so then i felt obliged to you know well i would say that you know your music had a big impact on me growing up and it, i i you know just wanted to say that really anyway he was really cool guy we had a conversation for like 10 minutes like i said when i was growing up did a lot of smoking and and the music was part of that so he he had this uh song which which was kind of all about being a bit high or whatever Uh and uh he just says he just says the word smoking in a really funny voice in this song 
He's got Smile King at one point. And all of my friend group at that time would be like 17, 18 or whatever. We used to, we used to use that then sort of. Um, so you just say it all the time. Yeah, well, we'd say, so if you want to say, oh, do you want to come outside for a smoke? Um, you might mean cigarette, right? So you'd have to clarify, do you mean smoke or smoke? Um, and we do this. <laughs> it's just weird that like, he wouldn't know that. He wrote this song. He did that. M- miles away, loads of teenagers are using that as a basis of, of like their common parlance in that friend group. So he was quite, you guys you know, need him. That's oh, cool. No, no, he was, he was a really cool guy. So music is like huge, but you wound up going into stand-up. Yeah. Right? So but, what's the path to stand-up? Just kind of uh, fell into it. I mean, really, um, I, I think I moved to London thinking that I'd get my band to come down. But, you know, what actually happened was uh, I just I just moved to London. I'd never seen any stand-up comedy before. It just wasn't on or I wasn't aware of it being on where I used to live right. in Yorkshire. And then uh, there's suddenly I look in the newspaper in London has got so much happening. Uh, there's a free comedy show right around the corner from where I live. A uh, very famous venue, actually. The Comedy Cafe it used to be in Rivington Street. It's closed down now. But I mean, I went there. Um, you know Jimmy Carr? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was there. First night I went. It was pretty rubbish at that time. As a year year 2000. He's just starting out. I'm not, not rubbish, but not you know, not so good. I mean, he got quite a lot of booze um, and uh, he got a slow hand clap off the stage. Uh, <laughs> but it's quite funny. I mean, being at something like that, I'd never really been there. You get this sort of uh, crowd um, shared experience. You know, if you all hate the comedian, it's still fun. I mean, it's really fun to be all part of your boo and getting off, especially if they're like, you know, a bit of an argument or something. Um, so I started going there every every week to watch that, that was essentially a new acts night. And the reason it was free is because they were all new acts. Right. Or, or in Jimmy Carr's case, he was managed by uh, Hannah Chambers, who was the manager of this comedy cafe. And uh, she just put him on every week just for practice. So he would like close the show. And I met, there's a guy I went to school with actually called Alan Cochran. So the first night I went down there, I saw this Alan Cochran guy is literally you know, a couple of years older than me at school. I was in his brother's class and I used to be friends with his brother. Went and had a chat. He said, oh yeah, I'm doing comedy now. He's actually doing really well now. He's, you know, on TV quite a bit. He's a sidekick of Frank Skinner on a on a, on a, a radio show. He does tours. Um, so he went on to be great. He, he, had, he had won the week before. It was like, a, you know, the new act thing. They'd, they'd put whoever was best. They'd, they would kind of like have a longer set the next week so i saw him doing that and i guess because i saw a lot of this this new comedians i thought i could do that i reckon and i know a lot of people probably think that they're rubbish you know right. i think i could do better um and then that that just sort of seed just germinated and then after a couple of years i thought right right no i am gonna i had these i had the sort of material i've never written any jokes prior to that and then i started to think of material which is more in kind of bits you know i've never been someone to write a joke like jimmy carr writes jokes you know they're very short they're very concise i just uh sort of give it a go and then i i yeah i basically i entered a competition um and i won so that was pretty cool although it was wasn't that much of a prestigious competition <laughs> but, but that, wasn't I, your, that, that, that is cool that wasn't your very first time up though right you didn't oh, no, no. no. No, I did it. I did like a few, you know, tryouts, but it was like within about three months, I think this competition came up and, and then that sort of made me think, I think the first time you do it, if it goes well, so the first time I did it, I, I thought, I thought it went really well, but maybe, you know, you're quite kind on yourself, I suppose. Well, um, I don't think people are typically kind on themselves. So I don't know. I, I think you would have known if you bombed. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did definitely bomb later uh, sometimes. Uh, it's a weird thing. Cause, I mean, like, you, you know, you get your material together and you go out there and you hope that it's going to connect with the audience. Right. And, and maybe it does with some, not with others. But then you try a different audience and it's because like no one's getting it. No one's interested. I think, oh, what do I do now? If you're a seasoned comic, then you should have a range of different materials for different crowds and older people like different stuff to younger people and all that. Um, and also inside London was different to outside London. So mm. I started doing it kind of sort of professionally, you might say, 
well, I didn't have another job. <laughs> I wasn't getting paid a lot of money. You did or you didn't have another job? I, I did. I, I gave up my other work. Okay. Um, I, I say I gave up. I just sort of, I used to um, have kind of uh, a bit of a lax approach to work where I just sort of turn up Monday to to Wednesday and then not bother with okay. Thursday and Friday or sometimes not bother with Monday either. So eventually you do get sacked if that's your working week. <laughs> you, you haven't told your bosses that you have a different schedule to the one right. you agreed to. That's uh, what my kid told me this morning. He said, they're, they're always saying, I wish the week was opposite. They, they yeah. want school to be two days and the weekend to be five days. This is, this yeah. is common. So you, yeah, you, you were on that schedule. Yeah, and uh, that worked for me, uh, three days a week. Uh, <laughs> finish early on Wednesdays. So. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so eventually I just, I thought, oh, well, it doesn't matter about getting another job. You know, I'm earning like whatever, a couple hundred quid a week. Right. Not too bad. It's enough to, and also you used to get free drinks. Um, people would put you up for the night. Um, it was a good, it was just a good laugh, really. Um, yeah. But. And you were young. Yeah, or... I was like 20, 24, 25. Yeah. That time. Tell me the story. You, you had like a television appearance. Was it like a. Yeah. I was on a show called uh, Weapons of Mass Distraction. Um, mm -hmm. And that was, it was a variety chat show so they had a band playing a song they had a interview or a couple of interviews and then they had a comedian i just got spotted at a gig and they asked me to do it and i said yeah awesome you send in a tape of yourself and then you have to agree the script that you're going to do which is weird because i never really written my jokes down so i started writing it all down and then sent that in and then they sent it back with a load of red lines you can't do that <laughs> what the hell is this what you think is funny uh, so like okay send it back again more red lines um eventually i get this script which is kind of i mean it's my jokes but it's sort of ones with the joke bits taken out and the basically it was it was awful uh i don't know why i did it but i was so quite keen to go on tv right yeah uh, yeah. yeah, you didn't. It, it was not a time for principles at that point. It was you were yeah. just trying to get there. Yeah, but it's a bit like playing in a band. They go, oh, yeah, we don't like the chorus. Just ditch the chorus. Uh, do start of that one. Bash yeah. that there, and yeah, don't worry about that middle eight bit. Boom, <laughs> there you go. And then you know, sort of, this <laughs> was all weird. Um, what was worse for me is that they put some. I mean, the gig went okay. There was a crowd. They were all been drinking, and they were quite receptive. You know. I went down sort of okay. It wasn't like a barnstorming performance. And I felt a bit like, oh, that was that wasn't really great. Then when I watched it on TV, they put all this canned laughter on it. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh. They've augmented the uh so yeah, if I could do it again, I'd I'd stick to my principles a bit more and or, or at least talk about something. I think now I'm older, I'd want to make jokes about something a bit more satirical that actually means something rather than it was just a lot of stupidity. It's funny as you get older, and it's like you, when you're young, you feel like you know everything, and you realize how long you're gonna live. And I don't know, at least like what what I used to think of older people, and it's like now now I'm now I'm relating more to that. I'm like, but they actually know everything because they've been through it all, and who are we to think that yeah. we know everything at 25? Oh my god. A folly of youth. No, it's definitely true. Youth is wasted on the young. But I, I was really nervous. I was always, as a teenager, I was always quite um, shy. So I think I had a bit of a, a bit of a kind of manic phase in my early twenties of not being shy anymore. Yeah. And kind of trying to um, do as much as possible whilst not being shy. If you know, what I mean, I don't know. Make no, up for. I get time. it. I get it. I was very shy when I was very young and then and then when i went to high school i wound up going to a different elementary and middle school than most of the people at my high school so i w it was oh. like a whole new group you know and i was like yeah. oh i can kind of reinvent myself a little bit here you know and it, it was a big difference and then i kind of kept doing that when i was in college i took it another step and it was i really tried to push myself out of that you know because i was i was just kind of so scared of everything when I was younger and I still I still am right but I <laughs> but I recognize it and I try and I try and learn 
if I'm scared of something, but it's not dangerous, I'm probably just nervous. And, I remember when, when I first met you on Hit Record that you were very, um, I, I'm not saying this is a bad thing either, it's quite a sensible thing, um, but you were quite protective of your privacy and yeah. you didn't want anyone to know your real name, for example, right. Right. Um, for, for ages, uh, yeah. which, which was... I'm still so torn on all of it. It's, it's funny, it's like, even just with Facebook, which, you, you know, you're connected in theory to just your friends, you know, Yeah. but I've just gotten so weird about it that every time they send me a memory, you know, this happened eight years ago, I go and I, I change the settings so that no one can see it except for me. <laughs> like I've just got, you know, you just, I don't know, it's just gotten so strange, all of it. And you just, you just don't know where your privacy ends. But then at the same time, I want to I want to do all of this stuff and I want to get out there and, you know, I want to entertain or something. And it's, it's like that balance of most people yeah, yeah. in real life don't know anything about my hit record or my anything. I've kept it all so separate. I'm, I'm at the opposite. I, uh, I tell everybody. Yes. You know, people in a supermarket, <laughs> bus shelters. I know, but seriously, I, I have to rein myself in. Otherwise, um, you know, to be honest, if you start telling people about it, it's quite a selfish conversation anyway, because uh -huh. just having a big conversation about you really without. So yeah, I, I try, I try not to talk about when, it too much just because I think I'll start boring people. <laughs> but they were, you know, when you meet someone new and they ask you what you do, do you tell them what you do as your day job or you tell them about yeah, the comedy I'm, I'm, or what do you? Yeah. I, I'm a sort of two minds there. Cause I, I if I tell them, what I do for my day job, which is computery stuff, I feel like sort of torn. I feel like I have to put a little addendum that that's not my passion, by right. the way. Just so you know, I'm not sitting at home surrounded by computers, you know, going, look at the lights on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I meet, I know people that have got like a whole data center in their bedroom and, you know, they actually genuinely like the server at yeah. night. Like, oh, have you seen the, the IOPS? It's insane. It's like people who like cars and tell you about the spec of the car. I don't care about that either. I've never cared about that. Similarly, actually, when you're playing in a band, some people get really geeky about guitars and they say, right. oh, what, what uh, pickups have you got? Oh, yeah, I, I don't like those pickups. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, it's just, does it sound good? A computer, right. does it work? That's my criteria. Um, so, yeah, so when, when people ask, oh, what do you do? I tell them, um, I work in IT, but then I sort of follow up by saying, but I, you know, I don't really care about IT. It's just a job. Um, what do you do? I think then I feel a bit torn because I don't want to sort of say, oh, but I, you know, writing is my, so writing would be, would be uh, my, I guess my passion. But um, if you look into it as a career, very difficult to make any money out of. So, you know, in a sense, you can, you can go all out. So I'm actually going to the London Screenwriters Festival this week okay. and I'm going to haul myself around with a business card um, uh, like everyone will be, uh, you know, just kind of trying to make some connections and meet some producers and agents. And I've, uh, I've been preparing myself for this, this moment. So I've been working on some scripts and getting ready to, to go to this thing that I, I planned, you know, a year or so ago, you know, but the thing is I, I have to, I also recognize I think it, for me, it's a bit of a hobby. It's a bit of a, a fun hobby because otherwise, you know, I've got four kids. They're not going to be, they're not going to be having a great life if I uh, just, just follow my dreams all the time. Do you mind beans on toast for dinner again? <laughs> so you've kind of resigned, re resigned yourself at least for the moment to the fact that this is a, a side hobby. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, like, I think you need a big break. It sounds like what happens is, you know, you might get successful with a big break or, or you can work out and, and become a sort of jobbing writer, like a script editor or, you know, working as a script consultant. I don't know that I'd, uh, that's not, not good money doing uh -huh. that. And I think probably suits a, a younger person. So it's my yeah. kid's fault, really, I think is what we're finding out here. Yeah. I'd be doing a lot better if it wasn't for those pesky kids. I feel on a, 
it's a similar but different situation because I'm not, you're the, you're the breadwinner. You're the one that's providing for your family, right? That's not my job, but I'm the one that's the breadkeeping the family. Yeah. And so, um, and so I found that anytime that I don't do a good job at that, like the whole, you know, the whole thing falls apart at home. And so it's like, I've realized like, I have to, I have to do that. I have to do my job and I want to do that. You know, like I have to be the mom and I have to, this is what I always wanted. But at the same time, like, I'm like, I really want to do and I just have it in me that I want to be this overachiever and I want to be the best at it. And I want to, but you have to, then you have to, you know, you look at anyone that's successful. It's because they've been working their tail off for, you know, for years yeah. and they've, you know, moved to where they need to live and they work these crazy days. And it's like, I, I can't, I don't want to do any of that. You know, I don't, <laughs> it's not that I don't want to, it's just, it's not in the cards, you know, it's not in the cards right now. Yeah. Least. Even comedy, like I, you know, I did the improv classes and, and you can perform uh, and, and, you know, join the cast and whatnot and you could, but it's all at night and, and, yeah. and it's like, well, that's not, I don't like, I want to do comedy during the school hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hit record is pretty good for that, even that you can do comedy's, it whenever. Yeah, comedy is not funny in the day, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. What what makes you laugh then? What what kind of um I don't know. I tend to like stuff that's pretty silly, you know. When we were doing the the first podcasts, it it was fun. It was fun that it was kind of just such a broad topic that you could do anything. And there are a couple sketches we did there that I just like I don't know if you remember the Bear Checkers commercial that yeah. I Dan and I wrote. Checkers, like that yeah. kind of thing that's just so dumb. Like I just yeah. get such a kick out of it you know i just well, everybody needs their house checked for bears <laughs> there might be one and then i think you get a guarantee don't you of bear free house yeah. bear well, it was that they they uh they check for bears but they don't remove bears they just oh they just check them <laughs> with the bear bear <laughs> and now a fake commercial from our fake sponsor do you live in constant bone-crushing fear of the unspeakable number of murderous bears that might be lurking in your house? Sure, we all do. Call 1-800-BEAR-CHECKERS, the only bear-checking service in the tri-state area. We have a combined five years of experience checking for bears. Help! I'm worried there might be a bear in my house. Rest assured, with our satisfaction bear and tea, if there is a bear in your house, our team of highly trained bear checkers will find it. So the next time you think... I am worried there might be a bear in my house. Call 1-800-BEAR-CHECKERS. We're the ba 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 bear checkers ba 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 bear checkers Call 1-800-BEAR-CHECKERS. Grr. Bear checkers only check for bears and are not responsible for bear removal. Well, I like the... Um, so I've seen your videos... You know, I've seen various ones where, for example, you do um, like a kind of mom, like a grandma, I suppose. Let me see, Beverly. Yeah. When I did the the regularity yeah. as Beverly. Yeah, that's right. You're doing the regularity uh, for the week, and then you uh, you kind of like um, dissing on yourself. Effectively. Yeah. You're your own mother-in-law saying about how poor daughter-in-law is at keeping a house properly, and yeah. And so, and I, I like that home family relationship style comedy um so like when i'm knocking about you know at work uh, in between meetings i'll often um, have some thoughts and, and I'll, i think oh, i wish i could just record it now but you know you're not always in a position to the other day i was at, uh, there's a war memorial in central london um this is not a good place to start laughing at a war memorial <laughs> but um i just had this stupid stupid thought um, you know, when sometimes you get some, I just had, you know, maybe you had this when you were at school, that kind of feeling that, you know, you're not allowed to laugh. And so right. it kind of makes it even, even funnier. <laughs> that you, yeah. And no, I, I, I think do it, hit record is quite cool in that you can, you can do things that whenever you've got time. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And, and I think that that's, that's the key, you know, I, for someone like me and, and 
and like you probably too, you know, it's just always there and you can hop in and out as, as you desire and as you can and at the time that you want. And no, it's really actually perfect, you know, for exactly what I need because yeah, I still, still to this day, I've never met anyone locally that has any interest or desire in any of this stuff you know it's not in my circles so to be you know that's that's the internet right it's to be able to find your find your people yeah no i i joined a writer's group uh before i joined hit record i don't know what people did before the internet if you wanted a writing partner before oh. the internet oh god how did we do anything before the internet it was awful before cell phones and the internet it's just i just remember like going to the mall like having a having a plan to meet a friend at the mall and then like if they don't show it's yeah you have you like stand that's around. That's there was a lot it. of waiting you, you got it was so much waiting yeah. and it could well, have been anything oh yeah, we, i hated it so i used much. to go to uh, donnington monsters of rock festival every year and uh, what we'd say is we'll meet underneath the goodyear tire so it's a it's a racing track and it's got this uh-huh. good tire um, but the thing is everyone said that <laughs> everyone used to say this <laughs> under the tire. So there'd be like fifty thousand people under this tire and uh yeah finding people was was not easy or well, if you lost someone a uh, festival that was it that was it they just you see them another see them day yeah see yeah see them at home yeah join this writing group and uh i i've written a sitcom and I, I didn't know if it was i mean i i thought it was quite good but right quite open to being utter shite so i met some other comedy writers and we all gave each other script feedback but you know hit record is a lot better because there's more i think there's more people they, they weren't all really comedy writers they were kind of some of them were, were drama writers and one as well one guy in that group had awful breath really really oh i mean like gross like we were sitting around the tables eight of us and i was just thinking what is that smell you know <laughs> I couldn't even locate who it was. And everyone was sort of looking around going, like, what, what is that? And it was only after about, you know, half an hour, it was like, oh, it's you. Okay, <laughs> so every time you speak. And he was also the most boring person there as well. Kept going on and on. And, um, and I was thinking, you know, his breath is so bad, it kind of just permeates everywhere. And I was thinking, someone might think it's me. So I want to make sure I'm kind of going, ooh, ooh, that smells gross. So that people know it's definitely not me. It's like a Seinfeld episode right there. You don't yeah, want so, someone to think it's you. Oh, gross. No, no, definitely He don't. broke up the band then probably, huh? He, you, well, yeah, we never, we never met up. I met up with some of the other people. I mean, how do you let your breath get that bad? Don't you, <gasps> don't you have any awareness? I'm quite, I don't know. Like, actually, to be honest with you, when I was a kid, because my name's Gareth. At right. some point, some point, someone made a joke that Gareth rhymes with bad breath, even though I don't have bad breath. So I've always been a bit kind of uh, paranoid about having. <laughs> want to oh make sure God. I definitely don't have bad breath. Have Did made... it stick or no? Was it just no? Like no, it was. It was like a. Was like a few weeks. Uh, just amongst my close friends, they right. thought it was really funny. And the main reason they think thought it was funny, I think, because it used to annoy me. And uh, you know, I was only like eleven or something. 12 around that age i cut my hair like really short i don't know what what made me do it but i cut my hair really short and uh it was like i was new in middle school which is uh famously the worst school of all the schools because everyone's just in puberty and just it's just a terrible time right at least for me it was and uh this kid just starts calling me verbal cut and verbal cut and I don't know and everyone and I'm saying what is this and just all these kids would call it to me all the time and so you know Conrad and Tenderlock started a a podcast movie Movie Oubliette Oubliette thank you so they were doing an episode on Willow and one of the little guys they say is named verbal cut and I look, oh, I look, and I look at the year it came out. This was it. This is where this kid oh, got it from. And dude. I'm like, you just solved like a huge childhood mystery. <laughs> you didn't you ever say what the hell is burble cut? I did. And they were like, oh, yeah. It's but you. I, yeah. <laughs> Your burble cut. Look in the mirror. There you go. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. at you. it's you. Yeah. Kids at that age burble are the most, <laughs> most annoying, I think. 
so uh, annoying. Yeah. 11. It's a very annoying age. It's tough age. I, I'm, I'm actually terrified because my kid is 10 in fifth grade. And so next year is, is and I am, I had just such a rough time with it that I'm like, oh, I'm so scared. But I think, you know, whatever, he'll be fine. But I'm, I'm passing on all of my... Well, your anxieties. Oh. Yeah, just be prepared for next year. Probably be held. Might not. <laughs> Might be the worst years of your life, but... We're just going to do some counseling now. This was really nice. Thank you. I have some quick questions. Oh, okay. So let's see. Who's your favorite stand-up comedian right now? Oh, I've got a lot. I really like Daniel Kitson. Um, He's not that well-known. He only does live work. Um, Of the big sort of famous people, um, I like so many. I like Reginald D. Hunter. You know him? No, nope. uh, I know I'm not going to know any of the people you say. I'm writing them all down, though. <laughs> uh, I like loads. I mean, you know, um, JJ Whitehead. He works okay. on uh, the Jim Jeffries show now. Do you know uh, James Acaster? I think he's got a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like James Acaster. Do you like yeah. that? See, that's yeah. kind of weird stuff. that um, I, I actually find that pretty funny. Yeah, um, he's very dry. I don't know, yeah. Like his, have you heard his uh, classic scrapes? Uh, he does an audio book. Well, he's a book called James Acaster's Classic Scrapes. Oh, okay. Um, which, you know, he, he he's only saying that in tongue-in-cheek. You'd never really get into a scrape, but there's lots of good stories. Have you seen the John Mulaney uh, stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, no, well, yeah, no. <laughs> good bit of contradiction. I've seen a bit <laughs> of John Mulaney. I started it, but I didn't finish. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I think yeah. of the Americans, I, I, I used to really like, you know, what, Louis C.K., but obviously hard uh-huh. to like him with all his... Uh, Me too, stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I do like that kind of very honest style of uh-huh. um, kind of quite brutal sort of style. So Bill Burr is uh-huh. another person that I, I like. I'll tell you a good comedian, uh, Gary Delaney. That's one of okay. our... He's an up-and-comer. I think he's going to... He's going to be, he's like Jimmy Carr, but better. How about a podcast? Are you, this, oh, you were telling me about some podcasts. Oh yeah, I'm telling you about uh, Joan and Jerrica, uh, Julia uh-huh. Davis and Vicky Pepperdine. That's amazing. I really find that very funny. I've never been a podcast. I never really kind of, I guess I, you need time to listen to podcasts. Yeah. And yeah. I, I thought that it was kind of similar to, yeah, I just think of it. So I never really got it. I just sort of put it on for five minutes think, oh, this isn't that good. I listen yeah, to you need to like... settle into them sometimes. But Adam Buxton I told you about recently, mm-hmm. he's very good. I think he's a very good host because he makes the conversation more genuine than, than some that you hear. You mm-hmm. like Stuart Goldsmith, don't you? Stuart Goldsmith? I don't know who the, that is. The Comedian's Comedian podcast? Oh, yeah. I listened to that. I listened to, um, and then there's, it's like the American version of that, which is, there's the comedians, oh, it's called the comics comic. <laughs> the comics comic. Uh, ah, and really? that's last things first. And he's got so many, he's interviews a lot of uh, comedians. Lately I'm into, it's called Good One. I just love the premise of the podcast. So this guy interviews comedians but about one joke. So they take one joke or bit or something and they play it. And then they talk about everything related, you know, how they come up with that and just all these stories. And then they also get into just personal or career stuff with the comedian, but it's all via kind of this one bit. And it's really interesting because I've been trying to reading about joke structure and, you know, how, how you, how you write a proper joke i guess you know yeah um well i mean it's writing a joke is, is sometimes it's a bit like alchemy you know things just come to you right. i think uh, in, for, for me um how i used to write material was just uh in conversation i just remember things i said <laughs> i think i remember that for later or i have <laughs> ideas as i'm walking around i talk to myself constantly generally i don't you know actually verbalize it but uh-huh. if i think i'm on my own then I will just talk out loud in stupid voices, like fake voices, you know. I'll play different characters. See, um, I, I hope one day you'll go take an improv class because I think 
because you do improv you do a lot of improv but i think it'd be really yeah i, I will great. i do want to yeah it's just getting the time but, i know um, i know it i don't know if you do ever do that and when i was when i was younger um i used to be quite quiet but what i do is i'd um if we're in conversation i'd i'd sort of instantly like do a character so say like something happened and I think of, oh, what would be the worst possible thing you could say at this time? And then I'd say that, but obviously I don't mean it. I just right. mean it as a joke, like, oh, imagine if someone said that. Um, and my friends would get that and they'd kind of, you know, they'd laugh because they, they know I don't mean it. But I'd forget if I met new people <laughs> that they didn't really know that I was joking. Right. So I'd soft, like, just say something and then they'd be like, he's weird. So inappropriate. Like, Oh no! I did. I forgot to tell you that I'm in fact playing I a character. But I just never That's mentioned. That's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I meant. Wouldn't it be ridiculous if someone said that? Not. I mean. Not me. Here's a little clip of Gareth doing something fun. This is if I had a time machine. If I had a time machine, I would go back to last week when I forgot my keys. And I'd leave a hammer outside the front door. Um, if I had a time machine, I'd go forward to next week and see what you thought of this video, then go back and change it. Um, if I had a time machine, I'd go back to the, the, the middle of December and um, I'd get all my Christmas presents then. Um, if I had a time machine, I would... Uh, I'd go and visit next Thursday when I have a hospital appointment and I'd make sure that I know where I'm going. But um, if I had a time machine, I'd like to go back to the 1960s. Uh, music is the first thing I listen to in the morning and the last thing I turn off at night. And that's why I'm being evicted. All right, let's do some hit record ones real quick. How about a project that's not yours that you, that's kind of exciting? Well, I, I really like the Mission to Mars projects. I wish I just had, I had a lot of ideas. I just need to get them down. Well, not right. that, I mean, the thing about hit record is just that everything doesn't have to be by you you know if i have an idea what's quite cool is i, I have a lot of different ideas but they're kind of half formed they need a lot right. of development and it's cool that other people can you know Think just back. work together yeah. and um i mean i don't know if you've seen a mission to mars i think it's it's a really i mean it's something that could be produced quite easily but also a really fun idea that they get all these desperate people who all agree to go on a one-way ticket to mars but it's actually just a whole big ruse and it's just a reality TV show where they, they just watch them thinking they've taken off. And then, like a Truman Show kind of. Yeah, oh. and you could have like the crew. So the, um, the crew are constantly messing with them, telling them, you know, oh, you've got a message from your, uh, your long lost uh, mom. Yeah. Oh. yeah, she's got in touch and said, sent you a message. And the message says, I never wanted you. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> you were a mistake. Yeah. Just to confirm, you were just kind of messing with them and, and seeing how, how what it takes to break them through. Uh, they think they're in isolation forever, um, but then they've got this one-way communication channel. Why don't you record a teenage daughter's pregnant? You're going to be a granddad. Record a message to your grandchild. It could I be a lot like of fun. I've definitely, I've definitely seen it, you know, in my, in my feet. Some of these things I feel like, I don't know, at least for, I've been the same the last few months. I just haven't been focused. Like I, you know, I, I don't think I sat at my computer the entire summer and I need to really like, it, it takes my brain, you know, a while to kind of like swallow something up and, and get the gears going. And so sometimes if you see a project like that, yeah, where it doesn't immediately, you know, you really have to spend some time with it. That's, that is fun. And what's and what's the best thing about hit record? I just think the well, lots of good things. I mean, the, I mean for me, it's the ability to connect with other people who've got skills that I don't have, equipment that I don't have, and you know, actually make something. You could, I mean, I I've written 
my proudest moment today is the fact that I wrote this little idea for a future advert. So it was, there was that, that robot president project. Uh-huh. President AI, was it? US oh, yeah, AI. the chips, right? Was yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I made up an idea that there were zero gravity chips. So when you open <laughs> these packet of chips, they float around and... and um, <laughs> I had this idea that someone was like really fat eating them with a sort of a tongue of it like a, a a frog, but it ended up being like a really attractive woman. But then it would be, it always is, isn't it? So it's always like attractive woman in the bath. Actually, I think it changed, but whatever. Anyway, it in was. In the bath. I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> having a lovely time eating chips. Crisps, we call them, by the way. Yeah, seeing yeah. it getting actually made though, all the people actually animated it, yeah. and then it as part of a finished production. That was really exciting. Cool. Yeah. Wow, it's made it. Like in the hot button too, to be able to see see ideas go so fast from idea yeah. production. Yeah, that was. I mean, awesome. making the hot button was. Awesome. That was cool. Well, I like. I mean, but, there was one time I did it a, a couple of weeks, and uh, uh -huh. one week I was going to a gig, and so I. I uh, had to Skype call. Remember, we did a Facebook Live video chat, and I was just literally waiting to go into this gig. But I was, you know, it was cool to sort of choose a topic live and spitball some ideas. I loved it. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was cool to see that get done. Well, uh, thanks, Rebecca. This was awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, that's it. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you so much for making it all the way through our first episode of Not Nosy. I'm so happy that I had Gareth for my first interview. He's so much fun. It was fun to even just go back and listen as I was editing it and, and hear all of the stories all over again. That bad breath story <laughs> kills me every time. He's, uh, he's a great storyteller, and we've had a lot of really good conversations over the years. Um... What's interesting is that we have really different senses of humor, but it's really fun and somehow it all works out. Gareth really opened my eyes to, to a lot of new things. I didn't realize how into music he was um, and all the rock and roll. I mean, I guess, no, I just, I, I really, I really didn't have a sense of that until we sat down to talk. I'd never heard of stoner rock, uh, but I Googled it and it's definitely a thing. Well, I wanted to see if I could do that the smoking voice uh from i really like that story of how we went to that event and he got to see uh see the guy that uh sang that smoking song so let's see how i do smoking <laughs> smoking <laughs> so um maybe maybe if we went back uh 20 years i could be in gareth's friend group um one thing that he really said that stuck with me is about how our music tastes get kind of locked in at 16 years old and it's kind of true isn't it I mean the music from high school and college that's all still probably some of my favorite stuff and any of the new stuff I like it's certainly in the same genre of of the old stuff uh, I interviewed him actually quite a while ago it was all the way back in the beginning of September and um and that's the line that kind of keeps sticking with me over time is is just how much of our uh, preferences and tastes get locked in from such a young age. I consider myself a, a pretty good Googler, but I could not find, I really tried to find his old band Stone Deaf uh, with no luck whatsoever. And uh, I could not find a clip of his television performance. I really wanted to see this stand-up performance that he mentioned. He said he was on a show called Weapons of Mass Destruction, which, of course, if you Google it, you get totally different results. Um, and so uh, maybe someday we'll be able to uncover uh, some, of, some of his old things. We also mentioned a comedy podcast that we were working together on with Hit Record, and we recently released it into the wild. So it's called Podpast. Um, we did a pilot episode, just kind of like a proof of concept, and we did it on the year 1991. It's 18 minutes of sketch comedy and parody, and it's all based around 
the news and events and uh, pop culture of 1991, and it came out really fun. It's made from artists all over the world uh, through Hit Record. You can find it on Hit Record, or you can go to podpass.com, and it'll just send you straight there. Um, and that's just because I'm a domain name junkie, and I'll tell you more about my domain obsession in another episode, I'm sure. Also, that Bear Checkers commercial was made on Hit Record, and the artist gave me permission to publish it here. Uh, it's I love it. So you can go check that out as well. And I wanted to mention that the theme song for Not Nosy was made by Tenderlocks, and I love it, and it's amazing, and he's amazing, and hopefully we'll have him on someday and hear more directly from him. Okay, so I'm going to finish up here. I would love it if you would subscribe so you can catch the next episode. And if you liked it, a rating and a review would be amazing, along with any word of mouth recommendations. And I'd love to personally hear from you as well. You know, let me know what you thought. I This is still kind of forming and developing, and it takes a while to, um, you know, get into the right rhythm that works over time. And I would love to hear your thoughts. So you can find me on social media, Not Nosy Podcast, um, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and you can email me, notnosypodcast at gmail.com. So uh, happy new year, everyone. I love new beginnings. I'm excited that we got this going. And uh can't wait to share some more episodes with you and let's make this an amazing 2019.